Hey, this is Ryan Tucker, and welcome to the weekly podcast, The Unchangeable Truth. Um, we just sit down with Pastor Stephen as he discusses his sermons from Highland Park Baptist Church, and we are honored and thankful that you've decided to listen. And we ask you to go ahead and, and click that subscribe button, click that like or the follow button. And again, we are honored and thankful that you've decided to listen. So keep listening as Pastor Stephen discusses his weekly sermon. Hey everybody, it's Ryan Tucker and welcome to the Unchangeable Truth Podcast in the room with Pastor Steven. Man, how are you today? Hey man, I'm doing great. Uh, uh, still a little full from the gobble gobble bird. Yep. And uh, it just, uh, you know, you, you sit there and you approach Thanksgiving as, <laughs> I gotta be careful, I need to watch the triglycerides, I need to oh, uh, goodness. Uh, be careful with that old fatty liver. And uh, then all of a sudden they lay it down in front of you and you're just like, uh, for the <laughs> Lord, for this bounty, we are yeah, appreciative. Yeah. So I, a couple of weeks ago I said there's a reason we, we only eat Thanksgiving-type food one time a year is because it's n- not that great. Well, evidently, uh, I've never said those words out loud to my wife, <laughs> who I've been married to for 25 years. Um, and whenever she heard, she heard it on the podcast because she listens, you know, uh, she heard it. She sent me a text. She goes, what do you mean you don't like Thanksgiving food? It doesn't show when you eat it. I'm like, oh. well, hang on just a second. I don't eat everything. I just, I just think, you know, there's a reason we eat it one time a year. Well, and but. I'd like to go ahead and take this time to give a sponsorless <laughs> shout out to uh, Jen Tucker. That's right. Jen Tucker. And uh, my, Jay Tuck. my goodness, man, what a uh, special place in heaven she will have. I mean, I mean, if the marriage ended tomorrow, now we're praying it don't, but uh, she's already been with you 25 years. 25. My goodness. Well, yeah. Um, yeah. What a special lady she must be. So special. She sings really good, though. So, you there know, you go. That, I mean, that, that helps out in a lot of areas. Doesn't hurt, does it? Doesn't hurt. Not uh, undoubtedly, she cooks Thanksgiving pretty she's good. You just at. don't give her enough credit for it. That's true. No, no, no. Well, yeah, I probably... This is not going the way I expect it at all. Like, well, hey, let me stop. Try, let me you, stop and say you, this. You, One you of the things that, this up, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I was trying to. <laughs> I know you I was trying to make a funny, and yeah. uh, he turned, does. It, he brags. He it, brags on his wife all the time. Turned out wrong all Jay the Tuck, time. I'm sorry, babe. No, he brags on her all there the time. You Thank and, you, Pastor. Uh, you know, we uh, we were having a staff uh, little thing not too long ago. What are we thankful for? And you know, man, he just gushing over and over about. That's what, me. I'm a, a gusher, man. Beautiful, beautiful That's wife. It. What an incredible gift yes. from uh, glory that she is. So <laughs> Absolutely. Go, go easy on him, That's uh, right. Jen. There um, you go. But I, I would like to say this to our listeners. Hey, here's how you can help us. Uh, because the reason why um, we, we do what we do week in and week out is we want to make sure the gospel of Jesus Christ gets out there across the airwaves. Uh, and so you can help us out by liking this or subscribing to this. Um, when it comes to our app, when it comes to uh, maybe if you pull it off of our website, ever how you listen to it, all you got to do, like it, like it. Now, as we said, if you don't like it, then just be quiet. Don't don't say anything about it and just <laughs> you quit don't listening have to, put to it. One of those comments. That's right. Out Keep there. quit listening to it. Only those who like it, like it and subscribe and recommend it. it to your friends. You rate, rate it, it. rate it high. Because yeah. here's what happens. All of a sudden, it pushes that thing up a little bit further on the board. And uh, people who, they don't have to dig as deep to find it. And our prayer is that God will bring somebody along that doesn't know Jesus. Maybe, you know, maybe they are, uh, you know, they're anti-Christian or anti-biblical, whatever the case may be, that they would come along and they would find this. They would start listening to it and it might point them 
to Jesus Christ. And as they hear us talking about the unchangeable truth, hey, it is. It's the same yeah, truth absolutely. as when Christ was here in the flesh yeah, and the same sure. truth as Genesis 1-1, right? And uh, over and over. So that's our goal right here. And we're not making money off of the likes or the rates. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> not at all. If you could only see yeah. the beauty of the studio oh, that we're so in right nice. now. It's I'm so amazed nice. that anything could come out of this place and go across the world. But that is that's the right. glory, the glory of God. So. That's right. All right. So you finished the book of Romans last week. And this week you kind of started talking about doubting. And uh, you titled it, Why Are You Doubting? So I, I'll, I'll just throw this out there first off. Like, is is this whole thought of doubting, like Christians doubting their faith, Christians doubting in the way that God works, is that a is that something that you see on a regular basis? Is that a big deal among believers? I would say yes, uh, without, without question. Uh, I even quoted... Uh, in the sermon, <clears throat> and uh, and I'm and I'm trying to find it right here. D. L. Moody, uh, the quote about D. L. Moody yeah. that had a woman that came to him one time and said, uh, you know, Doctor Moody, I've been a Christian for 25 years and I've never had a doubt. What do you think about that? And, oh yeah. And, and Moody said, Well, I doubt that you're even yeah. a Christian. Yeah. I doubt that you're saved. And I think, uh, I mean, goodness, D. L. Moody, one of one of the greatest evangelists and preachers, though, and, and even uh, theological writers the world has ever known. And so. If he made that statement, then I think it's true, probably what most pastors would know, and that is that we live in a perpetual season of doubt, and uh, that spills over into our spiritual life as well. I would say the danger, and you and I talked about this a little bit yesterday, Ryan, after the message, the danger is that there are so many people that they believe that the Christian life is meant to be lived in doubt. Yeah. And it's not. Over and over again, God talks about the joy that he offers, the peace that he offers, the, uh, uh, the security of your salvation. He, you, you can even go over in the book of 1 John, and he writes there, I've written this so that you may yeah, know. for sure. So that you may know, so you can know. And uh, this spirit of doubt and fear. Uh, now I would say this. I would say there, there's, there's such thing as healthy doubt. Just like there's such thing as healthy fear. What is healthy fear? Uh, well, we teach it to our kids on a daily basis. We'll just use the stove for an example. Healthy fear is I want my child to be afraid of that eye or that the stove eye uh, being on. Right. That's going to burn my hand. So there's a healthy fear. What is that fear? Touch it, you get hurt. Touch it, you get burned. And uh, and so that's a good thing. And I would say that's a pretty good fear to have no matter how old you are. I'm 51 right now, and I can promise you this. If I see the, uh, the, 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 the well, we have a little gas stove there, and I see the flame that's coming up, I don't walk over there and think, huh, I bet it's not going to hurt me. I'm 51. No, it's going to hurt, and it's yeah. probably going to hurt even worse. Yeah. You don't have that new, new take, flesh, take right? a little bit longer to heal. Exactly. And so that's a healthy fear. But this fear of... Oh, I'm afraid I'm always going to fail. I'm afraid I'll never be good enough. Uh, I, I, I'm afraid of tomorrow. Mm. Well, that's not healthy. Well, I would say the same thing with doubt. There's nothing wrong for you to sit there and, and you know, and maybe maybe there'll be a season of your life to where you're like, boy, I just, I don't know. Do I really do I really have a relationship with Christ? Because uh, there's there's been some sin in my life. Uh, an occasional doubt that that draws you closer to him that brings about a stronger stronger level of commitment i think that's a good thing this perpetual doubt yeah that's deadly 
Yeah. That that's dangerous. So it's so you would say it's it's okay to have some doubt as a as a believer. Well, I would say I would well and, and I'll use this to try to to answer that question. It's like conviction and condemnation. Conviction is good. Conviction comes about through the Holy Spirit. We know the very first conviction that you can receive is Hey, I'm lost. I'm dead in my sin. I'm convicted over my own sinfulness, and I I need to turn to Christ. Uh, And then I believe the Holy Spirit works in the life of of a believer through conviction. What is that conviction? Hey, this is not matching up in your life. This this is who you are in Christ, and maybe this fruit's not there, or there's something. Conviction brings about change. It brings about surrender, right? It brings about a repentance and a closer walk to Christ in your life. Condemnation is just nothing but this lingering cloud of you're no good. You're always going to be no good. Yeah. You're 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 a wretch. In which we would say, well, yeah, I'm a wretch, but in Christ, I'm a co-heir. Right. Because yeah. he takes the wretchedness. Yeah, yeah. And 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 instead, he he, he trades it for righteousness. So I'm going to go back to your question. Doubt, a, a, an occasional doubt that brings about a self-inspection that would bring mm, about yeah, a, an inner look yeah. at your life yeah. compared to the Word of God and the fruit of the Word of yeah. God in your life that would bring about repentance mm. from something that shouldn't be there in your life or repentance for something that should be there in your life and is not there in your life. And it draws me to a closer walk with Christ, a more committed life in bringing glory to his name. I don't think that's a bad thing, but please hear me. A doubting of the relationship that you have with Christ that is perpetual, that is not of God. Yeah. Yeah. And it... it, to me, it robs you of the joy that God meant to the point to where if you're consistently doubting over and over again, then it hijacks. I would even say it hijacks what God is accomplishing or wants to accomplish in your life. And I would say it even hijacks the glory that he wants to yeah. get out of what he longs to accomplish in your life. So um, you, you kind of set your sermon up, you know, talking about the, the different types of Christians um, with this idea of, of doubt and, you know, I, I, I thought it was interesting because you started talking about casual Christians and, and I always, I always feel like that's a kind of a hot topic is casual Christians. Cause one, I don't know if people fully understand what people mean when they say casual Christians. Um, I think there are. Uh, some casual Christians who are sitting in the audience and don't think they're casual Christians. Um, so can you can you talk about this thought of casual Christians when it comes to this idea of why are you doubting? Well, I, the example that I use is usually who we tend to think of when it comes to doubt in the Bible, and that is Thomas. As a matter of fact, he's known as Doubting Thomas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, goodness, I sure don't want to be known by one mistake in my life, but, uh, that's 
that tends to be what we what we pin on people, um, and we love to do that because it takes the uh, the focus off of our own lives. So uh, we're all quick there to say, "Oh, Dalton Thomas." You think the day ever came where folks quit calling him Dalton Thomas? Oh, oh slick. Uh, they called him Slick. No, I said that was Slick. What you just did? Yeah. Well, the here he is, Dalton Thomas. And the point that I made out of him is he was kind of casual because all the rest of them, with the exception of Judas, and and we know he wasn't there, but the rest of the disciples, they're gathered together. They're, 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 you know, well, they, I think they were regularly gathered together and they were there with Jesus and they would sit around him and he would, he would teach and he would pray and he was pouring into their lives. And so here they are, they're gathered together and they're really not involved, probably not having a worship service, but they are there. They're there. Why Thomas was not there? Have no idea. But Jesus shows up that night. Miracle number one, miracle number two, he breathes on them, yeah. the Holy Spirit of God. And so then when Thomas comes along and they're like, you're not going to believe what happened. <laughs> and he's like, you're right, I don't. Yeah. Um, and I would just say the reason why we need to gather together as brothers and sisters in Christ. We mentioned it in the sermon, two things, uh, the spiritual encouragement yeah. that comes. And uh, if you're one of those that are like, well, yeah, I go to church. I just don't get encouraged. And I would say, well, what are you putting into it? And by the way, if you ever sit there, and this is a, uh, I guess you could tie this together, but uh, this is just something that came to my mind. If if you ever sit there and say, you know, uh, man, worship doesn't move me, wor- wor- worship worship just not good, then I would say, what do you what do you what do you put into it? Yeah. Well, I'm not on the praise team. I'm not in the choir or anything. I'm yeah. not playing an instrument. What do you mean? What do I put into it? The best way to prepare for worship is pray yeah how much prayer has gone into you preparing for worship and then how much worshiping are you doing outside of quote worship (laughs) if the only time i ever do something is is for 45 minutes or 30 minutes once a week no wonder oh man that stunk well no it ought to flow out of the worship personally that's already taking place in those quiet times just between you and the lord but anyway side topic spiritual encouragement I'm encouraged when I get together with brothers and sisters in Christ. It does my heart good. I mean, even when we're not even talking about spiritual things. I'll yeah. tell you, Ryan, I, uh, and, and, and I know you're from, from down around South Texas where you grew up. And uh, folks who've not been around the Aggie culture, oh, yeah. Texas A&M, yeah. I mean, it's cultish. It is. It really is. And I've got some good friends that are Ags. They may be listening right now. You know, uh, go Farmers. I don't know what to say. <laughs> you know, saw that bull's horns off. Gig them. Yeah. Saw that old cow's horns off that you don't even play anymore. Keep sawing them off. Uh, But uh, (laughs) anyway, you get on an elevator, and there's an ag there with his A&M ring on, and there's another ag there with an A&M ring on, and then all of a sudden it's like, what's happening here? Yeah. This is really weird. Yeah. There's an immediate identity there's an immediate connection. Oh, you're an ag, I'm an ag. You know, boom. And they start carrying on conversation like they've been friends for 50 years. Well, to me, it's that way when I gather together with the body of Christ. 
You're my brother in Christ. Yeah. She's my sister in Christ. I just like being around. I just like being around the family of God. Well, all they're doing is sitting over there drinking coffee in the coffee bar area, yeah. in which I'd like to say this to our listeners, even those in Seattle, <laughs> man, if you'll take the time and you'll come out here to Panama City and you come to a service here, I'll buy you a cup of coffee. And we have our own blend. Well, I'm going to say that Seattle coffee is probably a little better. Than oh, I disagree. I disagree. Coffee. Panama City, unfortunately, not known for what is excellent <laughs> coffee. Right at the Connection Cafe. Grounds for missions, baby. That's right. Grounds for missions. Highlander Grog. Highlander Grog. There you go. Highlander Grog is the place to be. But, hey, I, you know, I'm sitting around with my brothers and sisters yeah. in Christ, and we identify. I'm just saying, I'm encouraged when I'm around them. Even if we're just laughing, yeah. even if we're just drinking a cup yeah. of coffee, even and then all of a sudden you start throwing in the supernatural, the spiritual. You know, there's a supernatural environment. What happens here? How many other places can you go and they gather together and you walk away and you're like, oh my goodness, somebody's life has just been yeah. changed. Yeah. Well, and you talked about miracles. You know, in, in this whole supernatural experience or a supernatural environment, you talked about miracles that are happening. Um, and, and I and in my notes I put miracles in. Quotes. So what do you mean by these supernatural environment, this this miracle? What do you mean by that? Well, because, yeah. because I know sometimes like my mind's going to go to like, oh, this person got healed. That's a miracle. But, you know. I, uh, like, yeah, yeah. Naturally, healing takes place. And the greatest sickness that anyone has that they, needs to be, that they need to be healed from is their sin sickness. And we're all sinners. And, uh, man, I'm telling you, we've all been there. In, in, in those church services, and we know Jesus can save anywhere. That's the power of the gospel. But, man, I'm telling you, when the body of Christ gathers together and you're praying together and you're singing songs of, of worship together that's just focused upon the yeah. audience of one, yeah. and then all of a sudden you open the, God, the Word of God together, and the man of God stands up there slinging out the Word of God mm. to the people of God, right. and, and then all of a sudden the supernatural, yeah. it's, it's amazing. I get up there and I preach, and what comes out of my mouth many times is supernaturally transformed by the time it hits somebody's yeah. ear. And then all of a sudden you see somebody that they were headed to hell. They were on an eight-lane superhighway yeah. headed to hell, and they turned to Jesus Christ. And now they're walking this little, little pathway that's headed to glory, and they, they, they've been rescued. Yeah. And you're like, that's pretty miraculous there. It is. It's pre- or or you, see, you see couples that you're like, oh, they're headed to, to divorce. There's no hope there. My goodness, I can't believe they ever even got married. How in the world did they ever go out on one date? That's, I mean, I'm, I'm discouraged hanging around them. <laughs> And then all of a sudden, man, they start listening to the word of God and they start submitting those things in their life to Jesus and 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 nothing short of the miraculous happens. I love I love when when he breathes on this place, right? When he ble- yeah. breathes on the body and and he shows up. Yeah. And uh, and we go back to you, you remember when when we were interviewing Pastor Johnny uh, several weeks ago and he was talking about getting to worship with his family and he uh he made the comment um I'll, and, and I'm going to paraphrase this. I may have it wrong, Ryan. You, I know you remember better than I do. But basically, he made the comment about his kids being in church, and his kids love being in church, and they enjoyed being in church. And at an early age, he just wanted them to know what it was like when Jesus was present. Yeah. Yeah. That's strong. It is. That's strong because, you know, stop and think. You know, my son, my son loves to play sports, and, you know, I've been, I've been working with him trying to teach him. How to how to lay back on that curveball? Take that curveball opposite field. Stay back, stay back, stay back. Explode. Yeah. And uh, you know, oh my goodness, what if what if what if my kid 
made the big leads. And what if my kid is out there at the All-Star Game, World Series, and MVP, and they're interviewing him, and, and he's like, well, you know, it's because my dad – you know, man, my, my my dad wanted me to know what it was like to be able to hit that curveball. I mean, that's that'd be a pretty proud moment, right? Yeah. Oh, that'd be great. Uh, but I mean, how much better in 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 Hunt's own own words? I just want him to know what it's like when when Jesus shows up. Yeah. Um, that's that's strong right well, there. And and you even said it like we need the body of Christ. We need people around us to encourage us. Like we, and you even alluded to like when we're casual in our commitments, whether it's casual in our commitment to Christ, casual in our commitment to church, that's going to lead to, to the doubt. Um, but we need the body of Christ. And I know that's a simple statement, but the reality of it is it's a very strong, powerful statement that we, we do need the body of Christ. We do need to be here around people for the purpose of making much of Jesus. Well, when I absence myself from the very group that is intended to bring me encouragement yeah. and the very avenue, uh, for the most part, that God has chosen to do uh, the supernatural through, yeah, then no wonder. I'm going to doubt. I- I'm absolutely going to doubt. And then you started talking about the complacent Christian, and you used the term falling asleep and falling away. Uh and again, you kind of use some strong language here, talking about denying Jesus. Um, can you can you kind of unpack that? You know, because we talked about the casual Christian who's just kind of casual in their commitments, but the complacent Christian, like I think you use a little bit stronger language. Um, so can you can you unpack that for us? Because I, because I, yeah. again, I think it's 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 stuff that yeah, if you've been in church for a long time, you've heard these words and you've heard these terms and you've probably sat under teaching about this but when you know when we sit back and really let the holy spirit work like it it there's some convicting things in here well the example that we use is that of simon peter yeah and uh you mark 14 29 he's sitting there and he's he's amazed that jesus would even make the statement hey listen you're going to deny me and he's like, who, me? Because Simon Peter, um, you know, Peter and Paul, they, they had a little issue. Uh, and, uh, yeah. you know, Paul called Peter out on some things. And Peter was kind of like, who do you think you are calling me out on some stuff? And, I mean, personalities alike. They, if they're in the room, uh, you, never, you know, there's no doubt that they're, they're the lead dog in the room. And so here's Simon Peter. And Simon Peter... Uh, I don't know that he meant it this way, but I could almost see him thinking when he's like, you know, one of them may deny you. They they may all deny you. I'll never do it. Yeah. I'll die. I'll die. So, so he had he had placed a lot of faith in himself. He uh, he he had elevated himself to a position that did not belong to him. And I would just say, I even made the statement yesterday, let us be real careful that we never get to a point uh, as followers of Christ to where we say, I'm above that. I'll never struggle with that. I'll never have an issue with that. So, hey, we're, we're here. We're real time. I got my 14-year-old calling me right now. Hey, Reed, I'm, hey, you're out of basketball practice? 
Okay, I'm 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 doing my podcast. I'll uh, give me like five more minutes, and then I'll head that way. Is there anything you want to say on our podcast? <laughs> Nothing at all. Okay, uh, five all right. Uh, are you good? You you can wait there till I come. <laughs> yes, sir. Okay, all right. I'll be there in just a minute. And there he was, right there. That's right. The legend. The legend. The, hanging off that curveball. Well, you said, and I like what you said because it kind of resonated with me, that Peter talked a really good game. Like, he talked a good game of where he was in his spiritual life. And, like, and do, you know, do you know why I used that comment? Because I've talked a really oh, good absolutely. game. absolutely. <laughs> like, I, like and, and that's part of my testimony. Like, I grew up in the church. I knew the answers. I knew how to act, where to sit. I knew what old lady not to sit next to because, you know, <laughs> she would tell on me in church. Like, I knew all these things, but... You know, I I talked a really good game, and you know, uh, and so it resonated. Like I understand that, and I and I think I think there are people people out here who who really really know the language, know how to talk a good game, but they've elevated themselves more than what they need to be. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and and no no wonder when you when you grow complacent, when you think you've arrived, mm. when you think that you're above, yeah. uh, you know failure or above uh um sin or whatever yeah. whatever the case may be when, when when you think that you're there then you've grown really complacent yeah. and you you, you kind of quit striving you yeah. quit working and and please hear me guys when i use this terminology i'm talking about within the context of the holy spirit moving yeah. and working your life then then no wonder you're going to doubt yeah. no wonder you're going to sit there and Say, well, that'll never happen to me, and then all of a sudden it happens, and you're like, "Oh my goodness, I can't believe this happened to me!" Right? Can't believe I did what I said I would not do. Um, so don't grow complacent in your faith. Never sit there and think, "Okay, I've gotten to the point where I can't learn anymore. I've I've gotten as close to Christ as I need to be. I'm 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 fully matured as a believer." You will never say, "I am mature in my faith." Yeah, you won't. Instead, I am maturing in my faith. Yeah. The only time you're mature in your faith is when faith is no longer needed because now you're seeing it with your own spiritual eyes because you're right in his presence. You're in glory. When I was, you know, I was reading something by A.W. Tozer the other morning and he was talking about, you know, in, in this old idea of complacency, like sometimes God will humble you for the purpose of, He's already got a plan in your life, and he's going to do something that's, that can only be explained by, hey, God's doing this and God's working this, but he's going to humble you before, before that happens. And, you know, that's, that, that's so true when it comes to, all right, let's just let's not put ourselves above anything else. Let's just make sure that, you know, we are staying right in line, right in tune with what God yeah, has. Yeah, well, that's us. his Romans eight twenty eight promise. Yeah. Uh, that he'll 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 work all things yeah all things in our life so and then your last one was counterfeit christian um and you referenced judas on this and again like one of the things that kind of stuck out is like judas was one of the 12 right he was he was one of the guys and you said he walked with jesus but he he didn't walk in jesus Mm. he walked with jesus but not in Jesus. So I'd love to take not, credit for that, but oh. I'm sure I read that somewhere. I mean, there, I don't have an original thought. I, I, I sure I read that or heard another preacher say that and it just stuck in my head. But uh, yeah, big difference between the two. Yeah. And, and I think you even said, you know, like we look like it, we smell like it, seem like it, whatever. Um, but 
this this idea of of Christ, counterfeit Christian. Do you think? Mm, I've asked this question many times, and I'll just continue to ask it because I think it's good to talk about. It. Do you think uh, the church is full of counterfeit Christians? Oh, well, that's a uh, that could be a disappointing answer. Uh, the uh, I, I know what I know what some of the great patriarchs of the faith have said that they believe that to be the case. Yeah, uh, I would just say this: here, you've got a guy. I mean, if there was anybody who, I mean, he, he saw the miracles. Yeah. He he heard the teaching. Yeah. And scripture says, yeah. how much more blessed are, mm. are we yeah. who've never seen or heard and we still believe? Yeah. And and yet he, he like, you know, he played the part. But at the end of the day, he wasn't, he wasn't in Christ. And, and I'll say something. I know we don't have a lot of time to d- dig into this. Uh, because idle hands, what 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 is it? Idle hands, uh, devil's workshop. Is that right, Journey? Yeah, my grandmother used to say that. Idle hands, devil's work. I can hear your mom saying that too. Um, but the uh, I almost called him Journey down the hallway the other day. He was, <laughs> he was walking in the hallway and I almost said Journey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it, if it you know if it weren't for his grandkids correcting you saying yeah. no, it's Big Daddy. Big Daddy. Uh, we we might Big do that. Daddy. But the. Uh, what the reason why I said that? I got a fourteen-year-old and idle hands of devil's workshop. So yeah. anyway, what for this? So I had somebody come to me after the service. And it was a great question, great question yesterday. They said, "Hey, listen, if you keep reading over here, when it talks about Judas, uh, it says that he um, he regretted what he did. That he had great regret. Matter of fact, we know he even took the pieces of silver back and gave it to them because you know he didn't he didn't want it because he 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 so regretted what he did." And they said, you know, you made the statement that you think he's in hell right now. But, I mean, if you read this, that he had regret, then uh, it could, could have been that he, he repented of that and, and he, he truly is in heaven. Uh, well, I would say regret and repentance are clearly not the same thing. Um, I think regret is a part of repentance. Yeah. But repentance is a change of behavior. Uh, I think, unfortunately, a lot of times in the church, there are a lot of people who want a guilt remover. They don't want a Lord. Mm. And so remove me of my guilt, make yeah. me feel good about my sin. Wow. But but don't call me to be a servant and don't call me to wow. surrender my life. And uh and so I would say this. What what That's what, thick. What happened after he gave the silver back? He went and hung himself. Mm. So he, clearly his hopes not there. Yeah. And, uh, and a great point was brought up. Well, you know, in the Old Testament, I mean, we, we'll even look at Saul. You know, Saul fell on his sword. And you would see, you, would see, you know, in that culture, those, those, those mighty warriors and stuff that would take their own life. And, um, and, and please hear me. I, I, I guess I could have looked it up before we started the podcast here. I don't, I don't know that Saul knew the Lord. There were times the Lord would come upon him or the Holy Spirit would come upon him. And then there were times the Holy Spirit would leave him. Um, all I know is this, I don't want to pattern my life after Saul. And we're talking about Old Testament King yeah, yeah, Saul. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then you have David. David. Yeah. The man who committed adultery with someone who wasn't his wife. David, the man who tried to formulate a plan to make it look like her husband's the one who got her pregnant. David, the one who took her husband's life. Yeah. When he refused to uh, play a part of the plan. Yeah. And yet scripture says a man after God's own heart. What's the difference between a David and a Saul? 
every time, every time David was confronted with his sin, yeah. he would repent yeah. and he would turn to God. Every time. I think that's why scripture says he's a man after God's own heart. His heart's desire, his want, his wish, his, you know, his, his, uh, his plan. I want to follow after Christ. And he would sin. We all sin. Confronted with sin. Oh, I'm broken over this. I turn to you. And he found his hope in Christ or his hope in God. And so I would say when it comes to Judas, here's a guy who I, I see nothing in his life. I mean, yeah, he, he had regret, but that regret did not re- lead to repentance. Oh, I've messed up here. Oh, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn my life towards Christ and find my hope in Christ. But instead, I have no life. I'll take my life. Yeah. Yeah. But again, here's the guy. He was one of the 12, one of yeah. the 12, over and over again. Yeah. One of the 12, one of the 12. Yeah. He was there. He should have got it. He saw. He heard. One of the 12 looked like him. Yeah. In the end, the end, the guy should have got it. He didn't. He talked the talk. He played the game. And uh, I would just say how terrible it would be. I heard an old preacher say it this way. Um, There's no good place to go to hell from. (laughs) But what a terrible place to go to hell from when it's a Baptist pew. Yeah. Mm. Well, and, and you close it out, you know, saying that he offers peace. He offers hope. Um, You know, if you are this person of doubt or, you know, you identify with one of these uh, types of Christians, like you can nail down your salvation that you can be sure and you encourage that. And that's one one of the things I love about this church and what I love about being under your leadership and under under your teaching is like you, you, there is this urgency for, hey, today is the day. Today is the day to get it right. Today is the day to make much of Jesus in your life. Today is the day to surrender to the God of the universe, today is the day to give your heart to Jesus because of everything that he's done. So, you know, as, as, and I say this all the time, I think people think I suck up sometimes, but, you know, as being under your leadership, thank you for always pointing to Jesus. Thank you for always teaching the staff well, leading the staff well, teaching our church well. Um, it's, it's, it's a privilege and an honor, man. Well, and I appreciate those kind words, man. Thank you for that. I don't take that for granted. Uh, I would just say this as, as you get ready to sign off. Uh, if, if there is no hope and we would say the hope in Jesus, if there is no hope, then what we are doing is pitiable. What we are doing is in vain. Yeah. There's always hope. Yeah, for sure. Uh, cause Christ is, Christ is there. He offers, extends hope. Uh, you know, there are folks that are like, well, you know, so-and-so has gone beyond hope. I would say this. When you die without Christ, that's when you're beyond hope. Well, you look at David. Like There were moments in David's life where he's like, my God, why have you forsaken me? But then he goes back to and says, my God, my rock, understanding that God would never leave him or forsake him. So. Well, and I would say I would say those that are listening, whatever category they fall in, whether it be casual, whether it be complacent, or whether it be counterfeit. Now, naturally, the first two, a lot different than the last one. Right. But the first two, how do you, what do you do? Well, I'm going to repent of that right now. Oh, God, forgive me yeah. for uh, just not— you know, treating the commitment to you casually uh, for following you on my own terms. For, uh, forgive me for that. I, I, I make a new covenant to you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna draw into that commitment. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be obedient to you in these areas. Uh, the casual, hey God, forgive me for thinking I'm it. Yeah. For thinking, you know, yeah. kind of that, kind of that whole thing of, oh, oh, I sure hope God realizes what He's got in me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, He knows what He's got in you, you dirty rotten sinner. Um, yeah. The uh, no, it's not what he's gotten you; it's what you've gotten him. Yeah, for sure. And so, to have that humble attitude, that repentant heart, God forgive me. 
Yeah. Forgive me for thinking I'm something. And the last one, the dangerous one. Yeah. You examine your heart. Yeah. Am I truly in Christ? Is there evidence there in my life that Christ lives there? Is there fruit in my life? Or do I constantly, every night? I mean, I would say this to those that listen. And I always say, I don't get to hurry up. I get talking about it, though, and it gets so rich uh, for me. Um, maybe not our listeners, but if every time you hear the gospel presented, whether it be preached, whether it be taught, whether you read it, when every time you hear the gospel presented and conviction and doubt grabs your heart, man, that is a big deal. Yeah. That is yeah. a big deal. To, to me, I would counsel that then you need to respond to it. Yeah. Respond to it. Spiritually, that is not healthy. God never intended it to be that way. Yeah. But instead of sitting there living the rest of your life in doubt, go ahead and do something about it right now. And I would even say this. You could approach it this way. You know what, God? I really don't know spiritually what's taking place in my life up to this point. All I know is I'm living in doubt. I know that's not what you want me to do as your child. Yeah. So right now, I call upon the name of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Come into my life. Forgive yeah. me my sin. My faith and trust lies in you. And I'm going to take you at your word that I now have freedom in you. Yeah. And the next time that doubt starts creeping in, you know, hey, Lord, I did exactly what you require. I've surrendered. I've repented of my sin. I've turned to Christ. And in the name of Jesus Christ, I stand in you. Um, but don't treat it lightly. And please, by all means, don't think that your life was ever intended to be lived in doubt. Yeah. Well, you heard it from the man himself, Pastor Stephen. Thank you very much, man. Thank you for listening to The Unchangeable Truth, and we'll see you next week. Hey, guys, this is Pastor Stephen Kyle, and I want to thank you for listening to this week's issue of the podcast called Unchangeable Truth. Let me encourage you as well, if you get a chance, go check out our website. It's Highland, H-I-L-A-N-D, Park, P-A-R-K, dot org. On that website, you'll learn more about our ministry at Highland Park Baptist Church. You can also listen to some previous sermons, which are archived from the previous year. And as well, if you ever find yourself in Panama City in person, come and check us out. Worship with us live at 2611 Highway 231 North. We would also love to talk to you about Jesus Christ. If you got any questions regarding your relationship with Him, having faith in Him, or if this podcast has encouraged you, or you have other questions regarding the podcast, feel free, shoot us an email at podcast at highlandpark.org. As always, our prayer is that this podcast would point you to Jesus Christ, would increase your faith, and would help you as you mature daily in your walk with Jesus Christ. God bless.